Hello, and welcome to Horror 4-H. I'm some weird, creepy dude on the internet who watches bad horror and then tells you how bad it is. Shit, when I say it like that, it really doesn't sound that entertaining, does it? But it is! I promise you that to some people. Maybe not to you specifically, though. But hey, to some people it is. But the only way to know for sure is to stay and listen, right? And if at the end of all of it you decide you do like it, then head on over to Facebook and join the Horror 4H group. Head on to Twitter, follow me at Horror 4H. Shoot me an email at Horror4H at gmail.com. And maybe head on over to Patreon and look up Horror 4H on there and pledge some monies if you really like what you hear. Are you noticing a theme with all that? Horror 4H. Yeah, mm-hmm. Uh, also, if you're listening to me on iTunes, give me a subscribe, like, good rating, all that good stuff. Uh, you know, share me on Twitter, share me on Facebook, everything like that. The more listeners I have, the better this show will be. At, at least that's what I'm going to tell you. I'm not lying. Anyways, I apologize if my voice isn't on point this week. I'm still dealing with some throat issues. I think almost everyone I know is either dealing with a flu ear infections or sinus infections, so I think I got maybe one of those. I think it's the sinus, so I think I got something along those lines. And uh, just in case this upload is late, I'm sorry for that as well. I've had some major internet issues this week, and they have continued off and on. And final apology, it is pouring down rain, but this is the only time I'll really be able to find to record this, so if you hear a constant sound behind my lovely soothing voice, then too bad. Uh, that's enough of all that. Let's jump into this movie, because the quicker we do that, the quicker we can get the fuck out of this movie. So sit back, relax, and enjoy bad horror through someone else's eyes. Rocktober Blood, 1984. God, yes. Rocktober Blood. Okay, Billy, time to rock and roll. Here we go. That's probably the most iconic line ever used to start a horror movie. I mean, sets the tone for the whole movie, which is about rocking and rolling with some guy named Billy, I think. I don't know. I haven't actually seen this movie in about four or five months, and I remember almost nothing about it other than it is laughably terrible. So, yeah, who knows? And so far, the opening credits are just that, laughable and terrible. It's a singer laying down vocal tracks for a generic rock song interspersed with random shots of recording equipment, names on the screen in blood-colored font, and band members totally rocking out, dude, yeah. The lyrics are basically about a guy who's gonna be awesome, but then gets killed and comes back to murder everybody. Gee, I wonder if that's foreshadowing. No, wait, no, not foreshadowing. Uh, That's when a small comment or action or something seemingly inconsequential turns out to have told you a major plot point in the future. This is, um, ah, shit, what's the word, what's the word? Uh, telegraphing the entire plot to you. Yeah, that's it. Telegraphing. That's what it is. So, there's some dialogue about stuff. I don't know, we can't hear it. It's too low, and the song is too punched up for us to tell, but it seemed important and ominous, so, I don't know, we're gonna say the band was talking about how much they love the singer, but how worried they are that he's gonna murder them all after he dies. Is that what they actually said? No, it's not even close, but it's fun to pretend, isn't it? Yeah. So, well, that was the final take, but the singer, Billy, has got to run because he's got a hot date, which a bandmate, the only woman I've seen so far, objects to because it's 4.30 in the morning. But this is easily explained away by Billy because she wants my bod. Bod being 80s slang for body. Educating through entertainment. That's my goal, folks. Wait, no, no, hold on. My goal is to make fun of bad lines like that. Yeah. Either way, I succeeded just now, so you're welcome. Oh, and we find out they have a history. Surprise! I mean, not really, though. She fell for your line, too, huh? Come to bed, little girl. I'll make you a star. 
Okay, uh, if anyone ever says that line to you, don't fall for it. It's a terrible line. This has been your Horror 4H PSA of the week. He promised to write her a song so she could sing it, and he did, but she only gets to sing harmony, so you know, that's, that's lame. He then says, of course, that he told the same line to this other girl because, hey, what do you expect me to do? I don't know. I could answer that for her, but I'll let her answer it. Oh, she doesn't. She just calls him a jerk and says she hopes he catches every disease known to man. And then he creepily says, don't worry, you'll catch him too. This is a weird Pokemon movie. So time for her to sing her song, and she flatly, and I mean flatly, says, Come on, Kevin, make me sound great. To which Kevin, the sound guy, replies with something about how she needs to calm down and not get excited. Okay, Prince Valium and Spaceballs was more animated than this woman is. I thought the music industry in the 80s was about cocaine. Although, to be fair, I thought everything in the 80s was about cocaine. But none of these people seem to have even re be remotely high on anything that's an upper. Heroin? Maybe, sure, but no one's excited and needs to calm down. Even when Billy was singing earlier, he looked more bored than I do right now while I'm writing this. I mean, wait. I'm excited to be doing this! Yay! Hooray! Woo! No, okay, but she sings backup vocals as well as can be expected and then is told, Nah, this ain't happening. Calm down. And again, what? They think it sucks, but it, it actually doesn't. I, I mean, it's not the best thing ever, but whatever. Then she suddenly has a thick southern accent after singing. And I actually had to back the movie up a little bit to make sure I didn't miss that through the flatness of her delivery. Nope! Nope! She did not have a southern accent to begin with. So, I guess singing sometimes make you have a southern accent. I know, when I was in a band, after a show, I'd suddenly have a cockney accent. Of course, that was likely just the drugs. Just kidding, I wasn't in a band. Wait, no, I was. I didn't do drugs, though. Just shitloads of caffeine. But we're not gonna count that. That doesn't count. Well, she's gonna go take a jacuzzi. What? <laughs> was this written by my parents? Next up, she's gonna go play computer. Maybe have some Nintendo time. Okay, Kevin's gonna go to the game room and have a drink. Mary, who we haven't met yet and is just reading a magazine and ignoring Kevin, is gonna keep ignoring Kevin and reading a magazine. So, yeah, all right. An evil dark pair of ominous boots is gonna... Oh my god, it's an evil dark pair of ominous boots! Ooh! They're also gonna go play a game in the game room. I can tell by the classic arcade game noises. Mm-hmm. I have a feeling Kevin is about to die. Oh god, he's playing pinball. He's gonna die playing pinball. That might be the worst way to go I've seen in a horror film. I mean, he's not even playing Pac-Man or Space Invaders. He's playing pinball, and I'm, I'm not saying pinball isn't fun, but would that really be okay with you if that was the last game you played before you died? I mean, really? Mm. So he looks up towards the point-of-view monster that's coming at him and says, Back already? Before having a dull knife with red-dyed corn syrup slowly run across... I mean, before having his throat slit! He had his throat slit. That's what happened. And now we see Lady, whose name I don't think they said yet, stripping to get into the jacuzzi, because while they can't do the music, vocals, or acting right in this movie, they nail the gratuitous nudity. Right. Black Boots tries to get in and can't because she locked the door. The mighty killer was thwarted by the locked door is not a sentence I get to say very often. Huh. Oh, hey, it's Mary. She stopped reading the magazines, doing technical stuff, but oh no. Black Boots is gonna kill her. She screams and suddenly a hand grabs her by the throat and we assume she's dead because we have to cut back to the other lady getting out of the jacuzzi because God forbid we don't see her naked from the front too. I mean, what kind of second-rate movie do you think this is, folks? Oh, and uh, Mary isn't dead yet. She's just being dragged by her tie, right, across the floor while screaming her head off and naked ladies drying off. Wait, okay, so I thought she got out of the jacuzzi because she heard Mary scream. 
but obviously she didn't, or she'd be freaking out right now, which means she got in the jacuzzi for all of not even five minutes. That's pointless. Just go stand in front of a heater and dump a glass of fizzy water on you. Same effect. They literally did that just so they could quote-unquote justify making the antics strip. Guarantee you, that's, that's why they did that. So Mary's hoisted up and impaled on a piece of recording equipment. Well, I mean, that's what you get for ignoring Kevin. <laughs> and other ladies walking down to the recording area again, where we see Billy wearing black boots. <gasps> and he's playing his music backwards because, um, I don't know, Satan, I guess? Even though that whole backwards music thing is bullshit. But whatever, he's acting all weird and says Kevin was terminated. <laughs> Clever, get it? Because terminated can mean he's been fired or that he's dead, so technically, he's not even lying right now, so it's okay. Oh, never mind, no. Now he said Kevin was fired. Now, well, that, that ruined the joke real quick. Good job, Billy. Speaking of a quick joke, he says it was a quickie with the date, and she says, well, th you know, you were always fast. It's hilarious. I'm wondering right now if this movie was written by a seventh grader. Where's Mary? Oh, she's hanging around in the other room. <laughs> Get it? Because she's impaled on something? So, Billy tries to laugh maniacally, but it sounds more like someone hitting puberty trying to laugh, and random cut to some dude walking walking down a dark alley, what, what, okay, and back to her finding Mary's corpse, oh no, so she runs to Billy like, oh my god, Mary's dead, and seems confused when he's all, I told you she was hanging around, like, do you, do you not understand that he's the killer yet, so, alright, whatever, he goes creepy delivery and tells her she needs to sing the song that he wrote for her now, and, wow, this bitch does still not understand that he's the killer. You're crazy! She's dead and you want me to sing? Somebody killed her! He starts laughing and says, It was me! You! Oh my god! I really, I really, really wanted this scene to keep going just like that, though. Like, for like a few more minutes of just complete obliviousness that she just doesn't get that he's the killer. I killed Mary. Stop it, Billy! Someone killed Mary and you're trying to say it was you? We gotta get out of here! What? No, I killed Mary. Also, I killed Kevin. Billy, stop it! Kevin isn't dead. You fired him. What? No, I slit his throat. I just terminated because I was trying to be clever. Billy, we have to leave and figure this out. We should go get Kevin and get out of here. I Look, I killed Kevin and Mary. What about this aren't you getting? Billy, stop saying that. There's a murderer on the loose and you're pretending to be them? That's just wrong. I... I... I don't actually have any follow-up to this. I thought you'd be running by now and I'd chase you and murder you, but... You know, honestly, I'm just... Too confused to keep this up, so I'm just gonna go turn myself into the authorities now. Bye. Billy, wait! You can't call the cops on yourself! They'll think you did it! We have to find out who really killed Mary! But sadly, it doesn't keep going like that. So, instead, she does finally get it and tries to run. Very, very poorly, of course, though. So, he catches her and threatens her with a knife to sing. And, you know, she doesn't because it's kind of hard to sing with a knife to your throat. So, he feels that her singing of his songs is just poor because she doesn't have any fear in her voice. Yeah, that's gotta be it. Okay. So he starts cutting her chest open. Right, alright. And cut to that dude walking into the studio. It's the guy from the alley. Oh, he's a security guard. Okay, okay. Yeah, so Billy sees him and says, Come here, you little fucker. I'm gonna kill your ass. Not the rest of them, just his ass. And the security guard says, y you You're arrested. Oh, no, like, that's how he said. Actually, it's so laughably bad. I'm, I'm not 100% sure that they didn't tell this actor to do this this bad on purpose. Like, the delivery is just so deadpan and dry and terrible that I don't actually think someone can act that badly. You know what? I'm going to try to record it and play it for you, but no promises. So hopefully, what you're going to hear next is that terrible, terrible, terrible line. 
Seriously, I'm laughing just for watching. You, you're arrested. What the fuck are you got? Oh my god. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I'm back now. Oh wow, that was. I hope. I hope that comes through in the recording. I really do. So, all right. The car then books it out the door, and Billy follows and cut to some dude in a bad Halloween mask doing an interpretive dance. And fuck me, it is not Slugs the interpretive dance, which just. Really pisses me off. I really, I mean, come on, people. When is that going to be a thing? I want to see that. Somebody do Slugs the Interpretive Dance for me. Please. Please do it. Two years later appears on the screen. Oh, okay, gotcha. So that explains it. Wait, what? Okay. Rocktober Blood Tour Press Party. Oh, okay, that explains it. Wait, no, it, it still doesn't. All right. Mask Dude is switching between glass box miming and really, really bad moonwalking, and he doesn't take off his mask and yell, It's me, Billy! I'm going to kill you all with bad dancing! Ha 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 ha! No, it's just a dude dancing that bad for serious reasons, I'm assuming. Weird. A reporter of some kind and his cameraman show up, and the guy talks about not wanting to be there, so they're gonna get it done fast, and then he snorts cocaine. After graciously offering some to his cameraman, at least, so that's a good co-worker right there. Also, what the fuck? A murderous singer, two helpless victims in the recording industry, and a stream girl, all in the 80s music scene, and the first person we see doing cocaine is a reporter? I am so disappointed right now. So, well, the reporter is Rick Righteous, and you know, I bet that's not his real name. Mm-hmm. And he expositions at us. I mean, I'm sorry, he fills us in on what's going on. It was a year ago that Billy was executed for the mass murder of 25 people, including Kevin, and the almost fatal attack on Lynn. So that's her name. And wait, what, 25? We only got to see two. I feel like I've been cheated here. Come on. The band changed its name from, I don't know, we, we don't know it, they don't actually say, to Headmistress, and she's the lead singer now. Hooray! Well, that was a heartwarming tale of overcoming almost being murdered by a bad actor. So, thanks everyone, hope you enjoyed listening, this was Rocktober Blood, and oh, oh shit, wait, no, no, that's not the end of the movie. Oh, oh god, we're not even 20 minutes into it yet. Oh, this is gonna be painful. Oh, and speaking of painful, this dialogue between Rick and Lynn is painfully bad. I recommend this movie to all aspiring filmmakers listening right now in the hopes that you can one day not suck this bad. In fact, most of you probably don't already, so good job. You're a leg up on whoever wrote this. Cut to mask guy breakdancing. Alright. And then what's supposed to be an ominous shot, I'm assuming, of a dark figure climbing in through a window or something? I can't actually tell because it's so dark that nothing's really visible. So, if you're a lighting technician, I also recommend you watch this movie so you can learn what not to do. This movie is the perfect learning opportunity for all up-and-coming filmmakers, including editors, as the scene is cutting between various people dancing and having a good time with the song that Lynn was originally singing back up on, Rainbow Eyes, and the song cuts at one point noticeably, so future editors also take notes. And more shots of a dark figure moving in near pitch black darkness. I'm sure it's supposed to make me feel scared or worried or anxious, but honestly, it's just making my eyes hurt from squinting. And some masked person tells Lynn, Chris wants you in the office when you get a chance. What's wrong with your voice, Randy? I got a sore throat. No, you fucking don't. You don't. You're Billy. Like, 100%. That's just Billy whispering, which normally I could forgive someone for not recognizing that voice because, hey, it's been a year since the guy died. But he literally almost murdered you. And before that was the lead singer in a very popular band. 
And also, you heard his voice constantly because you were also in a relationship with him. But yeah, no, it's totally just Randy with a sore throat. Why would you expect the singer in a band to have a good ear for voices or anything? So apparently, The Office is backstage or in the rafters because this is 100% not an office. There are literal cobwebs all over the place. And now Mass Dude shows up and stabs the wall next to her to scare her, I guess. And she calls him Frankie, which is weird because a few seconds ago she called him Randy. I don't know, I'd say it's the cocaine, but she's still just as flat as ever in her acting, so can't be cocaine, maybe she's on too much Xanax, I don't know. But she still has no idea when people are threatening her either. She learned nothing in the past two years. He throws her against the wall, prompting a, Hey, what's wrong with you, Frankie? What do you, what do you want? You. Damn it, stop. This has gone far enough. Really? Okay. Dramatic removal of Master Show. Dun, dun, dun. No, you know what? No, that doesn't deserve a dun, dun, dun. Not even a sarcastic one. We all knew it was going to be Billy. And guess what? It's Billy. I'm back. Ha, 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 Does she run? Scream? Freak out? Nope. She's just sitting in a corner crying. And one of the people who we've seen around and who I guess is involved with the whole show thing just walks up like, Hey, Lynn, what's up? Again, flat delivery. It was Billy. The man's dead. You must be imagining things. And some more terrible dialogue that was so terribly delivered. So, okay, right here. This is when things should have gone very differently. She's adamant it was Billy dressed as death. Like, she obviously believes it. But instead of being like, hey, maybe we should do something about our lead singer having a full-blown mental breakdown, he's just like, whatever, walks up to the masked dude who's been dancing badly and slugs him in the face. Now, that's okay because the dancing really was that bad and he did deserve it. But he did it because he thought the guy was playing a joke on Lynn who doesn't even try to stop the punch, but mildly says, it wasn't a joke, it was Billy. All right, so you know what'll fix this? Sending you up to a cabin by the lake. Nothing like a secluded place away from civilization to make you not the target of a dead guy brought back to life trying to scare and or kill you. Yay! And now she's walking around in the woods alone. Yeah, I bet this won't go poorly at all. So we hear whispering from literally everywhere around her, like, yell whispering like this. But because this is somehow, you know, a horror movie and sound doesn't work correctly, it's it, it it's yell whispering everywhere. So it makes sense for some reason. Whatever. As we all know in the 80s, especially in horror movies, sound worked completely differently than it does these days. So, you know, whatever. But she takes off running, which if this was even remotely realistic would mean she'd be lost for a day or two because unless you're an expert or you really know an area well, picking a direction and just running full speed means you get lost. End of story. But while she's running, the bad song from the beginning of the movie starts playing in reverse and she falls and screams as if someone jumped out of nowhere and cut to a close-up of a butt jiggling around. But honestly, it's so poorly edited and lit that, that because of some clothing that was hanging down over the butt, I thought it was a floppy flaccid penis, which I thought was a nice surprise because usually in these movies, it's just gratuitous female nudity. But it was not a penis. It was basically a heavy felt belt that was tied around the waist of a woman doing hardcore jumping around aerobics. Because why wouldn't you be wearing a felt belt for aerobics? What? Okay. Two women are talking about losing weight. And then Lynn comes in and one of them talks about how she's known her for 10 years and so she can tell when something's up. 
So there we go. It takes 10 years to be able to figure out when Lynn is experiencing an emotion. Shit, I don't have that long. This movie's only a little over an hour and a half, and we're almost 30 minutes in right now, and I still can't tell when she's experiencing an emotion. I have a feeling I won't be able to figure it out by the end of the movie at all. So hopefully this new blonde woman character can stick around and not die so she can tell me when Lynn is emoting. That'd be good. So what's wrong? Is it that her character is poorly written? That her acting is stale? That so far everything about this movie screams, why did someone pay money for this? Nope, she saw someone out in the woods, and it was Billy. Did you touch him? Did you talk to him? No, then he wasn't real. Okay, well, she did talk to him and touch him earlier in that day, when it wasn't at the woods, but apparently we're conveniently forgetting that part, so, okay. Also, no, of course she didn't stop and talk to him, or reach out to make sure he was real. She was running away from him, because the last time she was alone with him, he tried to fucking murder her. But yeah, let's let's just tell her she better stop or they're going to send her back to the shrink. Not to be worried about her mental state or safety or anything. Threaten her with therapy, which isn't even a threat. What? Cut to the woods where we see black boots. <gasps> and someone walking in the woods wearing the boots, but so far away from the camera, we can't actually tell who it is. But pan up and we see that they're walking towards the cabin. So, dun, dun, dun. Blonde lady who can tell when Lynn emotes says she's going to go to the store. And Lynn and Donna, Donna's the one with the felt belt, work out. The phone rings and it's nobody the first time. <gasps> the second time the phone rings, it's still nobody. The third time, it's probably going to be Billy, honestly. But she also answers the phone this time, almost crying, saying, What do you want? When the first two times, she just calmly went, Hello? Like, she didn't even seem upset that nobody was answering. It's like she answered the third time, knowing, like I know, and like you know, it's gonna be Billy. Oh, hey, wow, it's Billy, Kel Surprise. And in typical Billy fashion, he answers in the most what-the-fuck-did-I-just-hear way possible. What do you want? Blood. Blood's actually a solid horror movie villain answer for that, you know. So maybe I overreacted when I said that a while ago, you know. I, I guess maybe it wasn't as, as crazy what-the-fuck as I thought it your hot, steamy pussy blood all over my dick. Or, then again, maybe my reaction was completely underwhelming given that that's what he says. Holy shit, that went from 0 to 100 real fucking quick. That's just creepy, dude. Like, that's not murdery creepy, that's just creepy creepy. Okay. She hangs up and it instantly rings again. Donna realizes that the call is coming from inside the house. No, seriously, that wasn't a joke to another horror movie. It's actually coming from the upstairs phone. You remember when you could call your own house phone from the house phone? Yeah, so they're doing that. So they arm themselves with wine bottles and creep upstairs to see the phone off the hook and then just basically go, oh, well, that explains it. What? No, it doesn't. Who the fuck made the call in the first place and left the phone off the hook? Oh, God, and Black Boots is going down the stairs. Oh, my God. And now the upstairs phone is ringing, so does Donna answer it maybe to see what's going on? To, you know, give Lynn a break? Nope. Lynn does, and it's Chris, who, okay, I think maybe we met. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's the dude who slugged Fred in the face, or Randy, or Frankie, or whoever the fuck his name is, because they keep changing it. Chris still doesn't believe Billy is stalking her, and, you know, they're upset, so, of course, right now the, the correct course of action is to drink, because, um... No, that's actually a really stupid idea. You're disarming yourselves. You're weaponed. We're wine bottles. Unless you're trying to drink the wine so that when you hit someone with the bottle and it breaks, you don't automatically disinfect the wound that you just created with the wine bottle. Yeah, okay, that's what it is. That they're, they're, they're being smart. Oh. oh, hey, people in a speedboat. Oh, it's Lyndon Blonde Lady, whose name I've already forgotten. You know what? Even if we did know it, and I think we did, 
I'm not emotionally invested enough to learn anyone's name anymore, really. Not because I think they're gonna die, I just honestly don't care about them. So Billy's watching them from the shore, and now it's suddenly nighttime, and he's creeping around the house. No, seriously, it just went from him watching them on the shore in broad fucking daylight to, like, pitch fucking black. And he's creeping around the house. And do they not lock any doors around here? Like, I know you're not worried about bears coming in or anything, but you'd think maybe Lynn, being worried that a dead man is after her hot, steamy pussy blood, might lock a door or two. You know, just a thought, just saying. Not not critiquing, just offering some, uh, some you know, constructive criticism. Lock a fucking door if you think somebody's trying to kill you. Oh, well, that explains it. Lynn isn't home. Okay, so I guess Lynn and Blondie are still in the speedboat in the pitch black night. That makes sense. It's just Donna alone in the house with Billy. She gonna die. Also, side note, any and all punk bands looking for a name, Hot Steamy Pussy Blood is a solid choice. So... Better walk around the house saying Lynn for a few minutes, and then when you hear a noise go and go check it out, you find out it's the jacuzzi, <gasps> and it's been turned on, <gasps> and she literally sees nothing wrong with this at all. She's just like, oh, okay, I better reach over and turn it off, and then, of course, Billy's hand reaches up from the water and pulls her in to drown her. You know, I'll give this to Billy. At least he's inventive and kills with whatever he has on hand. It shows some imagination, at least, so... That's me trying to find a positive note in this movie. Speaking of a note, Lynn finds one that Donna left about leaving, so now I bet she won't freak out when they can't find her anywhere. <sighs> well, Lynn's gonna take a bath, so of course she has to strip and then put a towel on- Wait, what? Okay, if you're gonna strip for a bath, with the bathtub literally right next to you, why would you put a towel on? Just get in the damn bath. Okay, you know what? We're gonna cut back to the writer's room right now. So, cut to the writer's room. Okay, but this movie sucks, Steve. Look, man, I know it does, but we have to fill another several pages before we can call this job done. Look, I'm not worried about the amount of content. I'm worried about the quality. This shit is awful. The audience is going to revolt and storm out of the theater. Okay, hold on. I have an idea. Yeah? Yeah. Let's do more cocaine. Yes! I know! What? Let's have her strip again! Yeah! And then walk around the whole house in nothing but a towel? That makes no sense! I know! I love it! I love you! What? Nothing. We're writing a movie now. Woo! And back to the movie. So she goes to check the jacuzzi, I, but it's not hot enough, probably because of the decomposing Donna in it. I, I, so she goes back up to take a bath, even though that was her original purpose. Like, I swear she said she was going to take a bath, and then she goes to check the jacuzzi. Oh, God. I don't know. I, I, whatever. Oh, and, and now... Now Billy is is dragging Donna's corpse away. What? Okay. And Lynn grabs a robe. Wait, why didn't you grab that before and put it on? You had a robe the whole time. You know, I'm overthinking this, aren't I? I'm sorry, I'm overthinking this. I'm expecting things to make sense. That's my fault, everybody. My fault, my bad. Okay. And cut to Donna's arm flailing away. Wait a minute, Donna's alive? All right. I can't tell if Benny, Billy is nailing her arm to something or just stabbing it repeatedly. But regardless, she isn't screaming. She's just making halfway scared noises like, ah, ooh, ooh, ah. Okay, and you know what? I reviewed it, and it looks like he's literally hacking her arm off with a hatchet. Sadly, it is a non-magical one. Now, I'm pretty sure if you were hacking someone's arm off with a hatchet, they'd be screaming. But, you know, whatever. Okay. Close-up of Lynn's bare ass because cocaine! It's okay, though, folks. This is a classy nudity scene. You can tell because they don't do the full frontal shot. So that's how you know it's classy. So, all right, he hacked up Donna into pieces and put her in a trunk and is now creeping back upstairs. Lynn said, honey? So, okay, I don't think she's saying that as a pet name, so I'm pretty sure Blondie's name must be Honey. 
I'm, I'm not going to remember that. I'm just going to keep calling her Blondie. So, a full minute of Lynn bathing normally. Now, a minute doesn't sound like a long time to focus on something non-plot related in a movie. But, I want you to just sit quietly with me for a minute. Okay? Ready? Here we go. We're going to do one minute of silence. I know I said silence, but this is getting really boring. Do, 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 do. We're not even, we're like halfway there. We got like 20 more seconds. Yeah, something like that. Seconds. There, that was painfully long, wasn't it? Because when you're expecting entertainment, you don't expect constant everything, but a full-on minute of something completely unrelated to anything else is way too fucking long. If I had sponsors, they likely would have been pissed that I spent a whole minute of dead silence instead of doing something else like plugging them. Which, by the way, I could have done if I had sponsors. Someone please give me money to hawk shit for you. I'll do it. Seriously, I'm not a Jim Morrison or a Kurt Cobain. While I do this for the fun of it, I'd also like to do it for the money. You know, I don't care about maintaining the purity of the art. Mainly because I don't think I could taint this type of comedy with commercialism. It'd just be commercial breaks. Plus, if someone did sponsor me, you know for a fact I'd make fun of their product as the advertisement, right? Like, I'd have fun with it. So, where were we? Oh, right, okay, Lynn is bathing and being spied on by probably Billy? Well, someone is creeping up closer and closer to the tub. But seeing as this movie has about 30 minutes left, I don't think it's going to be the killer. You know, I bet it's going to be uh, Blondie. Oh, hey, Lynn. I thought maybe you weren't planning to emote any time tonight, so I was going to check to see if I could cut out of the movie early. Oh, wait, nope, nope. They ran their eyes all over her body and then snuck out. Okay, so it probably wasn't Blondie after all. I'm definitely overthinking this movie. They're simple creatures and cocaine creatures. Very cocaine creatures. Oh, hey, and remember earlier when I said it was a classy nudity scene because there was no full frontal? I lied. Yeah. And an overly drawn-out shot of her drying off, including bending over at the waist to dry off her legs, and then using the towel around her hair before putting on any other clothes, because, again, cocaine! It's honestly kind of sad, because I know when I was growing up, this type of thing in these movies were exactly what I was hoping for. Like, when I was 12 or 13, I'm like, oh my god! lady and i mean hey i still love naked ladies naked ladies is like basically one of the best things ever but contextually this is just sloppy filmmaking and exploitation which i, I mean it had its place in the context of the times this sort of thing was normal but i kind of suppose that's my point you know it was normal and it still is to a point in horror and oh shit folks i'm gonna get reflective and preachy so you might want to skip ahead a minute or two so i love horror it's my favorite genre in both writing and film, and oddly enough, not in video games. That's weird. But I love horror for very personal reasons. It allows me to experience the worst in life in a way that ends. Sure, there's murders and rapes and tortures and horrors beyond imagination, but they end. I can stop the movie. I can put down the book. I can walk away from the pain, whereas in real life, I have to deal with shitty thoughts constantly. And I love horror because it tells you so much about the culture it comes from, whether it's a national identity or whether it speaks to our fears as human beings in general. You can learn a lot about people from horror. 
Like zombies, for instance, work so well as a constant horror trope because the key in on two of our biggest fears as a species, not being at the top of the food chain anymore, and the collapse of society from within. So when I see things like this, it's, it's just sort of exploitative and pure pandering in a movie where there's no fear to the element of it. And I don't know, it cheapens the thrill for me instead of adding to the thrill. Ah, okay, I know, that's enough preachy shit, right? All right, back to the absolutely terrible film in progress. Obviously, that diatribe was necessary and wasn't me padding this episode at all. Shit. Look! A naked lady! <clears throat> well, not now. She's getting dressed and finds... Wait, was that a white stain on her pants? Oh my god, hold up, hold up, hold up. Did the movie really just do that? I, I gotta back it up for a few seconds here. Okay, I don't know what it is, but there is a large, white, crusty stain on her pants. And she seems confused by that. And so she doesn't put them on. I'm like 99.9% .9 sure the movie just implied that Billy jerked off onto her pants while he was watching her bathe. And for some reason, that's creepier to me than a dead man coming back from the dead and murdering people. Like, murder? I can understand that. Unwanted voyeurism and splooging on someone's clothes? Dude, what the fuck? Whatever. So she goes to the closet to get more clothes and Billy jumps out with makeup on! Wait, what? Why does he have makeup on? And it's, it's non-specific makeup. Like... It, it just sort of looks like some random triangles and dark colors. Like, it's not make, meant to make him look like a skull or anything. It's, it's like he had a few ideas of different kinds of scary makeup and couldn't decide on what he wanted. So he went with, like, four of them and then realized it looked like shit, but it was too late to change any of it anyways. Um, so I don't know. And he had to do all that really quickly because, you know, he was hiding in a fucking hot tub. That makeup would have gone off. So in, in like, the five minutes it took her to take a shitty bath, he... What?! Oh, I don't know, but she tries to run, and he toys with her before letting her get away, uh, chasing her around the house, and, okay, I can see his makeup now, and it's it's black and orange, get it? It's Halloween colors, uh, I guess, I don't know. So, she manages to get outside, and then he cuts her off. Wait, how? Okay, based on what they were doing, that's literally impossible for him to have gotten ahead of her, and, uh, you know what, again, sorry, overthinking this, Brent, stop that, don't do that. Just go along with the terrible, terrible ride, and hopefully it'll end soon with smashing full-on into a tree so you can die and not have to deal with this anymore. So she's running through the woods now, and he keeps calling her rainbow eyes in an attempt to be creepy, but honestly, it's just sort of annoying. Yeah. So she runs back into the house and locks the door behind her, which, actually, honestly, that's not a bad idea. Except, you know, he watched her do it, so now he knows where she is. So she tears house around the house, completely passing two different phones before he cuts the power, leaving her in the dark. And now she tries to pick up the phone, but, you know, yeah, he cut those lines, too. So, there you go. So she starts looking around for a weapon, I think. I don't know, it's hard to tell because the editor slash lighting crew slash director slash actors slash literally everyone involved in the entire production fucked this movie up so bad. So, okay, she got a knife. Okay, that's good. So someone's creeping up the stairs and I can't see who or, or that anyone is actually. I can just tell by the noises. So, okay, I'm going to call it right here now. This is going to be Blondie and she's going to get stabbed. That's what's going to happen. Stabbing noises, and oh, no, I, w I was wrong. Actually, it wasn't Blondie at all. It was Chris. Wait. Okay, now we see Chris talking to some other guy like nothing happened. Oh, no, wait. Okay, he says she stabbed him in the arm. Okay. Which means he walked into... Okay. He walked into a cabin that was pitch black, hears her breathing heavy and screaming before walking upstairs to get stabbed without once, not even once, announcing his presence at all and he's the one that's upset 
dude, she told you she thought a crazy person who tried to kill her was back from the dead and fucking with her, and you just walk into a pitch black house without saying you're there? Like, not even a, hey, Lynn, it's me, Chris. She was well within her fucking rights to stab you. Plus, you punched Freddy for no reason earlier, you dick. You deserved that. <sighs> There's a coffin on stage, and Lynn almost got stuck in there in that Detroit show, and the guy that's in the coffin said, maybe somebody locked you in. <laughs> See, now that's foreshadowing. She's going to get locked in that coffin at some point later on. Take note, earlier part in the movie, this is... Oh, wait. Oh, you can't. Damn it. That's not how time works. Shit. Okay. Big security oaf dude thinks that uh, someone's after her, but doesn't think it's Billy. Donna is missing, but she's probably just shacked up with some dude because, you know, remember that note? Yeah. So, she won't believe it's not Billy until she sees the corpse. We, we jumped pretty far ahead of, of ourselves, apparently. Uh, also, literally every single word out of the security guard's mouth is condescending, which would be somewhat amusing if it was just to her. But, it's to everyone. Everyone he talks to, he's condescending to. So, I actually kind of wonder if he's like that at his home, too. Hey, sweetie, can I get the milk for my cereal? Why did you say it like that? Like what? I'm not saying it weird. You're talking to me like I'm a child. No, I'm not. Uh, whatever. I'm going to dig his corpse up with or without you. Fine. Go dig it up then. I will. I won't let you do it alone though. Okay, but I'm not going to dig it up. Well, I'm going to go with or without you. Okay, we'll go dig it up then. Okay, I will. No, wait. I swear to God, they just fucking had the same dialogue like three fucking times in just slightly different places around the set. I think, I honestly, like, seriously, I really believe this, think the director shot the same scene two or three times, and the editor didn't figure out that it was the same scene, and just let it kept going. Like, and a random throwaway line shows that Chris and Lynn are apparently an item, and that hasn't shown up in the plot at, at all yet. And he says, love has got nothing to do with it, I just don't want to go to jail. And Chris, who's British, also says he doesn't want to lose his green card, and she seems confused by what a green card is. Really? You don't know what a green card is, and you're 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 in love with a dude that's from England, and oh god, okay, so, but it's uh, you, you don't know what a green card is, huh? Well, it's that little card that lets me get in and out of the country and make you money, and but now she sees him for what he really is, ah, so you know now I know what you really are. You're in it for the money. What? Who the fuck wrote this dialogue? Full disclosure. Look, I was getting a migraine partway through watching this movie. Sadly, I don't think I can actually blame the movie for that, but I'm not 100% on that. And so I had to take a pain pill. But even taking that into consideration, you know, I was a teeny bit high while writing this. This dialogue is still ridiculous, nonsensical, and just weird as fuck. And I'm remembering it sober now, recording it. It was that fucked up. This is not a pain pill. This movie is just this fucking weird and terrible. So, but in result, she's gonna go dig up a corpse. Well, that's settled at least. Now we can move the plot forward and get closer to the end of this movie, which is the goal. Oh, hey, Blondie is alive and back. Yay! Now I'll know when Lynn is trying to express emotions. But she's not gonna get out of the car. All right, sue yourself then. Sit here with all these dead people. Yeah, because being in the cemetery with Lynn digging up a corpse isn't sitting around with all those dead people. What? Whatever. Okay. Walking through the graveyard at night, graves, angel statues, ooh, it's all creepy. Though, honestly, I, I think it's only a little creepy because I'm a Doctor Who fan, so, you know, don't blink. She's at the grave, and then we see black boots! <gasps> Blondie starts to get scared in the car and gets out to go find her, but she probably won't get murdered or anything. She starts whispering, Lynn! Lynn! Because, yeah, she'll hear that. Oh, wait, then she starts yelling. Okay, so that's actually better. She does hear that. And insanely dark shots of Lynn digging, like, seriously, you can barely see 
anything. I know I've made fun of people shooting day for night before, but when you can't light for shit, maybe that is your best option. So, oh, black boots again, an incredibly loud noise, and then Blondie says she hears something, and Lynn doesn't, which is literally impossible unless we're using horror movie logic. And we are, so never mind. And then Chris jumps out from behind the girls! Ah, dude, why the fuck would you sneak up on these girls? You literally got stabbed yesterday for doing that, and she's got a fucking shovel right now. You're lucky she didn't take your head off, dumbass. <sighs> they open the coffin slowly, and Billy is there and says, I'm back, and grabs her and pulls her in! Oh, wait, that was her imagination. His actual corpse is skeletonized and has worms crawling all over it. But for some reason, his eyes are still there, which is not how this works at all. So th those are, like, the first thing to go, but whatever. So they just dug up a corpse, and that was probably the right guy, but it's hard to tell because, again, it was a skeleton. But now she's just laughing it all off, like... Oh, okay, I guess I'm literally insane and have imagined multiple instances of a dead person trying to kill me, so everything's fine now! No, see, that's when you need to go ahead and go straight to a psychiatric facility and check yourself in. By the way, that rumbling noise, that is from the storm behind me. Woo! That's some big, crazy-ass fucking thunder. So, had the coffin been empty, she'd, she'd have been possibly justified. But as is, her only explanation is she's literally crazy. And so her manager slash boyfriend and her best friend Blondie are just like, Ha ha ha! That was funny! Okay, now on to the show! Right. Okay. Hmm. So now we see the hair lady at the show working on a wig and open a door to Billy! Oh no! <gasps> Who are you? Death! Death apparently has a deadpan delivery, by the way. And he kills her by placing a hot iron against her throat and pushing. And she never once screams, because apparently in this movie, screaming when people are torturing you to death is totally not allowed. Out of bounds, that's a foul, 10-yard penalty, other sports reference. Random shots of people setting up for the show and Billy getting ready by putting on makeup. Security says everything is tight, clearly. And more makeup putting on, more show setting up, more makeup, and so on and so on and so on. Lynn is now in the same room Billy was in, getting ready for the show. I guess he effectively hid the hairdresser's corpse. Oh wait, that was Blondie! Oh, seriously, I didn't even notice that. Wow. It goes to show you how effectively they made, made me develop an emotional attachment to characters in this film. I didn't even realize that one of them was brutally murdered in front of me. Wait, not brutally. What's the word I'm looking for? Stupidly. Yeah, stupidly murdered in front of me. So she goes to the closet, but is called on stage before she opens the door, which is not good for her because that's where Blondie's corpse was. Seriously, he hid her fucking corpse in the closet. That was pure goddamn horror movie luck that no one opened the fucking closet door. Wow. Random shots of backstage, front stage, Chris in his office, and so on and so on, and Lynn is walking backstage and hears Billy whisper, I've been waiting for you. And we're back to her totally not re reacting or recognizing voices properly at all. And surprise, it was Billy, and now he's got her. I saw you. You're dead. She doesn't scream or anything, though. Oh, wait, she does one time before he grabs her again. And then she says again that she saw him in his grave. And now, now, now we get what's actually going on here. <gasps> Haven't you figured it out yet? They know you killed the wrong man. You identified my dearly departed brother, Billy. Well, not exactly beloved. Oh, he tried to tell me, but I didn't believe him. You killed all those people, and you let your own brother take the blame? Wait, he planned it all because no one wanted this brother. They just wanted Billy, not just... Wait, seriously? Really? Really? A fucking twin brother. Literally, that no one else knew about. What the actual fuck? I thought this was a bad horror movie. Not a fairly typical soap opera. This was the 80s. 
They even say it happened in 1984, which means the murders happened in 1982. It's not like tabloids didn't exist back then, or, you know, regular fucking newspapers. People would have flipped out at a major rock star having a fucking twin brother. Are you shitting me? This is really the route they're taking? It was a psychotic twin brother that no one knew about. Wow. You know, I almost don't even want to finish this. Actually, I don't. I don't want to finish this. But I will, because I love you all so much. Well, while I was going, what the fuck, she got away and is now playing a game of hide-and-seek, basically in the basement with him. It's too dark, so we can't actually see anything because they ran out of a light budget ten minutes into this fucking movie. So, Pipes, Billy, Lynn. Pipes, Billy, Lynn. Pipes, Billy, Lynn. Dead Chris. Screaming Lynn. Back to Billy. I'm sorry. John. More seriously bad dialogue that would make even bad soap operas weep tears of blood. And John wants to put on a great show, so he shoves her in the coffin and talks about how all the other shows were bad and he did it all for her and why couldn't she love him and not Billy? I don't know, probably because you never fucking told her that you existed or anyone else that you existed. What the fuck am I even watching anymore? I only took one pain pill. I didn't take a handful. Did I? Is that it? Did I OD on pain pills? Is this, was this all a terrible hallucination? No, wait, no, no, I write horror. I actually write horror in my spare time. My shit is better than this. Even a drug-fueled bender, I'd do better than this garbage. Nope, this is real terrible shit. This is awfulness, and it's sad, and it's real. Ah, cue the show starting. Complete with women chained to speakers to give it a real creepy vibe. You know what? I'm betting they're actually chained to those speakers, too. Like, and can't get away, because... And, and at least one of them will be murdered for a live audience who thinks it's part of the show. Because why wouldn't they? They're hitting every other stupid fucking trope. They're gonna do that, too. So, and a two-minute guitar solo that's... I mean, honestly, it's not the worst guitar solo ever, but it's, it's not that great, either. And, you know, Masked Billy, or sorry, John, whatever, starts singing, and no one seems phased by the fact that it's not Lynn on stage. So I guess the show worked out perfectly for the killer to be started by some dude in a mask and not her. Like, I, you know what? I, I, I fucking give up. Yep, he, yep, I give up. And he killed one of the girls on stage because the bottom of the mic stand is a blade. And with as easily as he actually cuts this girl's stomach open and then threw her intestines around out into the crowd, it's an actual blade. Like... Way to go, props department! Why wouldn't you put a real fucking blade on the end of a mic stand? God. And the song being sung is, There's a Killer on the Loose. Remember? Telegraphing the whole fucking plot through song. Yeah. And he kills another girl and rips out her heart and throws it into the crowd. And no one in the crowd who caught the heart or the intestines is like, Uh, hey, wait a minute. This is uh, kind of real. So, whatever. And he literally just sawed a girl's head off with a normal fucking regular knife that he's got in like five seconds. That is not how knives work at all. And no one on stage is even remotely like, uh, this wasn't supposed to happen. I have no idea what the actual fuck is going on anymore. The coffin rises onto the stage and Lynn steps out and tries to tell the masked guy that Billy's alive and, and he's here and he's going to kill people. What? So, Masked Billy, sorry, John, says, It's okay, he's dead. I've taken care of everything. Okay, first of all, it's, it's not fucking Billy, it is John. And second of all, you still don't recognize his fucking voice? Are you kidding me? You know what? I hope you die at this point. I hope you get murdered on stage to cheering fans for not even once acting like a rational fucking person with any sort of voice recognition skills at all! God, and she's just like, oh, okay, cool, time to sing my songs then! Yeah, I'm gonna sing! Like, what the fuck? 
John admitted to killing Blondie and Donna before he knocked her out, but she doesn't think maybe she should tell anyone, or stop the show, or anything like that. Nah, just start singing like everything's totally cool, show's gotta go on, I guess. Also, he used ether to knock her out, so if she was waking up right now, she'd be waking up with a massive fucking headache right now. A rock show would kill her head. So we are then subjected to the entirety of Rainbow Eyes. It's actually a fairly standard 80s hair metal style song. Not the worst thing I've heard, but definitely not deserving of all this fanfare. And the song comes to an end, and Chris shows up. Wait, so okay, so he's not dead. He just got hit in the head really hard. Why the fuck didn't John kill him? Why? What? What the fuck? Why wouldn't you have... He killed everyone else. He just fucking murdered three people on stage, but he didn't kill, he didn't kill Chris. Why would you do that? Oh, God. So, John rips his mask off to show everyone, and everyone, instead of freaking out that now there's a dead man on stage, starts just chanting, Billy! Billy! Because apparently the entire crowd is on fucking cocaine now. I'm sure that's how they paid the extras. And John handcuffs Lynn to himself, so now security can't rust the stage. Oh no! What's gonna happen? What's the plan? What are they gonna do? They're gonna sing the song, I'm Back. You know, the one that telegraphed the whole movie at the very beginning of the movie, because that makes perfect fucking sense. What the shit is going on, people? I did not take that many pain pills. This is crazy. And now we have to be subjected to another mediocre 80s hair metal song. And to be clear, I like 80s hair metal, but this shit is just... No. No. And she doesn't even try to pull away. She's handcuffed to him. She could fuck up the song at the very least. But no, she just sort of stands there and follows him around and lets him sing. I mean, to be fair, she does look like she's crying. And I think the tears are real because at this point she's realizing what a fucking shitty movie she's in. Chris and security are holding guitars as weapons and looking like they're going to rush the stage any second. But, I don't know, are they going to wait for the song to be done, I guess? I, I don't know. At the climax of the song, he throws her away from him because suddenly now the handcuffs are broke or they were taken off or I don't know. I, I just, I don't know anymore. I shouldn't really care. And then security guard yells, now, you know, the condescending one, and just pushes Chris on stage. What the fuck did they hire security for? He's not doing anything. Chris is pushed on stage and swings the guitar, hitting John in the neck, which of course sparks like crazy because, you know, there's just electricity going through that guitar even though it wasn't fucking plugged in. And it starts shooting sparks everywhere and electrocuting him, making him bleed all over the fucking place. But he keeps a scream into the mic because he's a consummate professional? I don't know. Does the blow kill him? Why did the handcuffs suddenly not work? Why did they hire security in the first place? Why did anyone think this movie was a good idea? Why is there a gentle 80s love ballad playing over the credits instead of rock or metal? Just how much fucking cocaine do the writers do? We will never know because that's it, folks. That's the end of Rocktober Blood. Well, that was Rocktober Blood. It was god-awful, wasn't it? And, you know, I adore movies so bad that they may be causing migraine. I mean, who doesn't love those, right? But seriously, movies this bad are fun. At least I think so, and hopefully now you do too. I encourage you to find all the movies I'm watching and watch them yourselves just to see how awful they are. And as good as I am at this, I can't always perfectly express the terribleness of the movies. They must be seen to be believed. Plus, it's just damn fun to watch them, really. So, I'm going to save my throat so I won't ramble after the show this week like I normally do. So, have a good week, everyone. Stay safe, and as always, thank you so much for listening.